Developmental language disorder. One in 14. DLD. The DLD project. The TOEFL DLD podcast. Brought to you by the DLD project. So welcome everyone. Today I've got the pleasure of having Nadia with us, who's a parent of a child with developmental language disorder. So welcome, Nadia. Hello, everyone. Can you tell us a little bit about your connection to DLD and perhaps about your child? Okay, so I have um, two boys. I have um, an eight-year-old and a Mm five-year-old. So my eight-year-old has DLD and they also think that my five-year-old has DLD now as well. So we're just waiting on confirmation from his speech. Um, They're both on NDIS. I'm from Perth, so our NDIS started a little bit earlier than other people in Perth on NDIS because they were trialling us out first. So my both of my children were on early intervention though. So the DLD only came up about a couple of years ago. So mm-hmm. when he was doing his therapy, and I'm obviously married, I have my husband, which can sometimes be helpful, sometimes not. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we have our moments. <laughs> yes, you do, you do, you do. We- and kids swear in the back and the husband thinks it's funny. <laughs> uh, well, I was going to say, as a parent of a five-year-old and an eight-year-old, I can definitely appreciate. <laughs> mm, um, so you talked about accessing the NDIS or National Disability Insurance Scheme. Yeah. Um, yeah. Why do you feel that accessing the NDIS was important for your child and for your family? Um, well, we were on the um, Child Development Centre Scheme and they only give you so many sessions a year. Mm-hmm. And we needed speech, OT and physio for both of the kids at certain stages. Um, And there just wasn't enough therapy. I mean, Mm. Matthew needed therapy at least once a week and I couldn't access it because we weren't allowed to have, I think it was only eight sessions, I think. And it was actually the people that at the development centre that recommended, I'm going to put you on NDIS and actually sent off all the paperwork for us. So I didn't have to do the paperwork because I didn't know anything about NDIS. Nobody told us. Nobody, no matter where I went, all these specialists, you know, no one told you that, oh, you can access NDIS and you can have funding to, you know, help your child and nobody tells you this and that's what I get really frustrated with is all these parents out there are struggling because nobody wants to share the information is it a secret or <laughs> so <laughs> no I, well it shouldn't we, be I, I know like I shouldn't have to really prod somebody for information to help my child yeah so she actually it was actually the physio that actually got me on it so she was the one right. that got me on it and that was three well I think he was three or four mm. at the stage Yep. Yeah, so he's eight and a half, or nearly nine at the end of the year now. And in terms of getting that information, I mean, if the physio hadn't said it, do you think somebody else might have brought it up? I don't think so because at two I knew something wasn't right with him. I just didn't know what it was. Yeah. Yeah. And we had grommets done and we went through all the steps of what a pedi- you know, I didn't even see a paediatrician, I don't think, then. So we just went through yeah. all the steps. You know, whenever he used to talk to me, we, my, husband, my husband would go, what is he saying? I don't understand what he's saying. Mm. And it was always an issue. In our experience, many families are getting knocked back, being told that it's not yeah. lifelong, that they don't have, um, mm. you know, the functional needs that potentially some other people applying do do have. Yeah, so. and it, yeah, and it was frustrating for me as well because some people I'd talk to, because um, I was trying to get him into therapy when I'd gotten taken off NDIS and the lady on the phone said to me, yeah, I've got several kids here that have got plans on NDIS for just L- just for DLD. And I'm okay. like, well, how come I'm not getting it? 
And so that was so, through the planner, sorry? Yeah, so um, he actually got, my son actually got taken off the NDIS plan because mm. when they were put on it at that stage, it was early intervention. Yes. It was developmental delay basically until you're seven and then after that mm -hmm. you have to have a diagnosis and that's when you'll find you'll have your problems right there. Let's jump into the application process. Can you, can you talk us through what you had to do? I know you said you got some support and people help with the paperwork but what was involved in the yeah. process? Um, I think it's a lot different now to when I first started. So as I said like the physio put all the paperwork through on the first time. Mm -hmm. The second time when um, he came up for review they still put it through for me but then mm -hmm. when he got taken off it they rang me to tell me that he wasn't approved mm -hmm. um, I wasn't made aware that my plan had cancelled on that day until mm -hmm. I got a letter two weeks later saying that his plan had finished so then I contacted an advocacy company um, ours is called Midless which is in Midland um, and spoke to an advocacy lady and basically went from there so she asked me for information um, I went above and beyond basically with mine because I got told to, through the grapevines, that you need to have as much information as you can. Um, Paediatrician letters. Um, I think the one that sort of took me over the line was um, my impact statement. So I think a lot of the mums tend to go through, when you're on the phone to NDIS, they say to you, do you want to do a review over the phone? I personally say no. I find that when you're redoing an application, it is how you word it and yep. it is what you say. My impact statement was very harsh. It was very raw. It was My son was quite mm. aggressive at that stage. He couldn't yep. communicate how he felt. He was hitting himself, hitting me, telling them he hates us. So I wrote that mm. all in the letter. Mm. Um, my advice would be to anyone that has, I don't know what other DLD children are like, but mine was very aggressive. He couldn't communicate. Um, the application process to do it was quite easy. I think the advocacy made it quite easy. She just asked mm -hmm. me direct questions. You've got to be honest with them and you've got to... I find that if you say the worst of what it is, it will impact yep. you more and get your funding. No, but it's true and it's really hard sometimes, isn't it? You know, that yeah. you have to like talk about you, your worst day. Exactly. And you have to write it down. And when I wrote that letter down, I thought, oh, my God, I'm going to have DCP at my door next week, you know. Yeah. But <laughs> I had to trust her. Yeah, I had to trust her the fact to say that, you know, look, he's being aggressive. And she asked me, does he hit you? And I said, yes, because he's in a meltdown of a moment because he can't communicate with me. Yeah. And it makes our, heart, our life difficult. And I told the lady that, you know, I actually, you know, um, the child development centres, you at a certain age, you can't access them anymore. So I actually mm -hmm. spoke to a lady, the physio lady, and got her to write me a letter stating that there was a nine-month wait for um, therapy yeah. and that he would only qualify for two hours, like two sessions, yeah. and that's it. It's a great so I got tip. a letter like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. If you, I mean, it's having connections. I know it sounds terrible to me. I'm very, being a hairdresser, I do ask a lot of questions, and I yeah. think that helped me. Yeah, I mean, look, if, if anyone's got connections from private speech or private OT, anything like that, get them to write a letter and say that if your child doesn't keep having funding, he is not going to progress, he's going to mm -hmm. get more aggressive. Um, that's pretty much what my impact statement was. And the application yeah. is quite easy. The advocacy does it for you. Mm -hmm. And I think it's the words that they use, like... Um, He's not going to progress. He's mm. not going to be able to go to high school because he's not going to be able to communicate with anybody mm. um, and that he needs constant therapy. So you mentioned that you applied initially when he was young. That was under the early childhood intervention, but you also have applied yeah, under the NDIS with his um, current needs. 
How long after submitting the NDIS application did you actually hear from um, NDIS and and what did you need to discuss? Well, she put all the paperwork through by email on a Wednesday. I got a phone call on the Friday. Oh, wow. Telling me that his funds have been reinstated. He said that I didn't need any information off you. What I've got is plenty. And he was putting forward to have a meeting. And Mm. then, yeah, my meeting, which is with Mr. Uh, for my plan was with Mission Australia mm-hmm. and um, they're quite very good because he's over the child gap so he has to go to Mission Australia yes um, and within two weeks I had a meeting sounds great in terms of the actual responsivity yeah, yeah. and so yeah. the um, so the meeting then took place two weeks later yeah <laughs> uh, Mission Australia informed me my lady that that was doing the planning she said to me that she was informed that it was to be done asap why i don't know why um and it was quite easy with her actually she said to me that um yep by looks of it blah 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 and she just pretty much wrote everything that i said i had all my documents there but she had them already from previous times anyway and um i just said to her i just want funding for my child i just want to be able to give him the best and so he can get to high school so he doesn't have to rely on the government so he doesn't have to have Mm. handouts you know this is the whole point of doing it now so that they don't have handouts and they can live a full life and they can do whatever they want to do you know my job yeah it's my job as his mother to get him to that point and then it's up to him after that um I mean I've always had well Planning meetings haven't been great with me. So, and I think, I know it sounds bad to say that, but it is Mm. down to who your planning meeting person is. And I must admit that if you're not happy, make sure you say something. I wasn't happy with the guy ringing me and telling me my son's plan had been taken off at seven o'clock in the morning. So I actually put a complaint in with NDIS. If you've got a planning meeting, make sure you've got all your reports and they are going to ask you questions and I suggest that like I said to you before make it your worst day ever and I know it sounds horrible to say but you know yeah it's a reality it may not happen every day and you may not want to talk bad about your child but unfortunately that's how you're going to get your funding and that's how you're going to get enough funding to cover support and we've kind of talked a little bit already through um the planning and meeting process and you touched on the reports. Is there any other information you would suggest bringing to those meetings? Um, school reports as well. Uh, probably not report reports, like school reports. Um, sometimes you've got like learning and support at schools. So I think they yes. are. Um, I took reports with me just to show, because sometimes when you have DLD kids, they, they, have, they have an IEP, you know, independent yes. education plan. Yeah, and mm-hmm. sometimes that'll state that they can't do um what are they phonics and they can't do the sat pin letters and especially with my five-year-old I can use that so you can take that to a planning meeting I don't have a lot of support over here I've only got my husband and daycare Mm -hmm. basically and I made sure that that was notified as well because they think that I would yeah they think that if you've got grandparents and you know or you know you have a husband that you're gonna have all this support but you don't so I made sure that I stressed to them that I don't have support Mm -hmm. and I don't have also the funding that was another thing in my um what's it called my review and also when I went to the meeting I made them known that I don't have the funding to do private I just don't I can't afford it and I don't know about some mums out there, but I only work a couple of days a week because I can't work any more days. Yeah. 
But, I mean, having as much information as you can, you know, doctor, even your GP, like if you have a regular GP that's great with you, get her to write a letter or him and stating mm-hmm. that, you know, she's really struggling. I mean, I made sure that in my, that I let the planning lady know that I struggle, you know, I get anxiety, I get depressed because of the situation mm-hmm. and the fact that NDIS make it worse for me because they're making me jump through hoops and just because they have DLD, you know, mm-hmm. I think that for NDIS, when I had a look on their portal, on their information, it says that they only recognise autism. You know, and that's, that's something we're working on at the DLD project, absolutely. There's a yeah, lack of understanding well, my, and recognition. Yeah, my, but the guy said to me on the phone, oh, we know it's a, you know, a lifelong disorder. Okay, well, <laughs> why are you not funding it then? If it's a lifelong disorder, that makes no sense. You're just contradicting yeah. yourself. So yeah. I know that my speech, she is... I'm very passionate about DLD, so I think that helps for me. She just loves it and really advocates for it. Yeah, and I think for mums as well, we forget to say that we're the ones that are suffering as well. And I made sure, I mean, I get very emotional when I go to my planning meeting, so I tend to cry a little bit. So I'm not saying that that helps, but (laughs) maybe just throw it in there, you know. (laughs) I mean, I advocate for it a lot now. I make sure everybody knows about it. Um, but yeah, just make sure that you have lots of information. You've kind of touched on the next point I wanted to bring up, but I'll just um, ask in case anything else comes to mind. But Erin from Speech Pathology Australia explained that families need to provide examples of those functional impacts um, when applying mm. for the NDIS. And you've talked about, you know, the behaviour and the impact to you guys mm. as a family and, you know, what it looks mm. like on your worst day. And as advocates, we yeah. tend to always focus on the positives, right? You know, we always want to yeah, um, talk about right. how well yeah. things are doing. You know, I struggle yeah. as a speech pathologist to say to a family, you know, I want to be really positive, but actually the reality is that there are some significant challenges. Um, can mm. you give us any other examples uh, you gave on how DLD impacted your child's ability to participate in the community or gain independence? Yeah. So I've found that um, he just... He wouldn't be as outgoing. I mean, he, mm. my son loves football, so yeah. he would always play football. But, you know, if he wanted to go and talk to another kid, he, he'd just start playing with them. He wouldn't really communicate with them. And, yeah. you know, it wasn't really, you know, you'd have to say to them that, you know, I'll go up and say hello or, you know what I mean? Like I find I have to guide him a lot, you know, like someone comes to the door or someone says goodbye, so we'll say goodbye. You know, mm. they don't some they don't know how to do it. I guess they don't know how to communicate what mm. what they'd like to do I guess um I have boys so I think it's maybe different I don't know <laughs> maybe they don't like to communicate I don't know <laughs> but um I noticed that my younger <laughs> my youngest one is stuttering again and I find that a difficulty for me because you know even for him when he's younger like five he'll go up and poke kids or you know what I mean or push them and it's like no you've got to go up and say oh you know, would you like to come and play with me or, you know, so I think it is difficult for them um, as kids. But, I mean, they also adapt as well, which isn't a good thing (laughs) because then, you know, they stick to the same friends, they stick to the same games and they're not really outgoing enough to try something different because obviously they don't know how to say that, you know. Um, We struggled a lot when the oldest one was little because what would you like? And he couldn't tell us and he'd point and... You know, then you take him out somewhere and he'd hover near you and he wouldn't go and play. And it's like, mm. it's okay, you can go play. Or, 
you know, um, yeah, it, it, I think it is hard. Um, he ends up becoming a homebody, I guess, in a way. So he's a bit of a homebody, doesn't like to go out as much. Um, yeah. I don't know if that's maybe how he communicates, makes mm. it difficult, you know. I was going to say to keeping away from those social situations that he might find more challenging to communicate yeah. in perhaps. Yeah, I mean, I think maybe I'm used to it now, but he does stick to so many things like he doesn't want to go out anywhere and things like that. And, you know, if we're going mm-hmm. to a party, you know, it's, if it, unless it's his close friend, he doesn't want to go. And I'm, yeah. I'm wondering whether that's the DLD that's made it a bit difficult for him because he's like, oh, well, this is someone I don't know and I don't really want to go and talk and try and, you know, because it is hard for them to get out what they're saying. I mean, he's my eldest one's coming leaps and bounds since having therapy and that's why I pushed for him to have more therapy because I knew that he would go backwards. Yeah. It's that's putting those supports in place is so critical, isn't it? Without it, where are they going to be? It's hard to predict. Yeah, I mean, like he answered the door to his friend the other day and he was sick and he said, I can't play and close the door. Um, no. <laughs> we have to say, hi, I'm sorry I can't play, I'm not well, talk to you later, all right, bye. You don't yep. just close the door on him. Yep. And, I mean, lucky it's just the neighbour down the road. But, yeah, I mean, it has, has made it hard. You've talked about the benefit of therapy, but how long after you actually had the meeting for NDIS, did you actually find out that you were successful? Um, it actually took a while, which mm. was very odd, because when I ran back and spoke to Mission Australia, she said to me, this is really odd considering they were hammering me to get you in for an appointment, and then mm-hmm. now they've taken it was close to three weeks, um, nearly four, I think, which I know it sounds bad, but it's quite long for us because when but previously they've gotten back to me within three weeks, um, mm-hmm. With my youngest one, they actually forgot totally. They For a month, I didn't hear back from them and they didn't know where the plan had gone because they changed planners. And I'm just no. like, how do you not know no. what's going on? Yeah, so, I mean, I rang her and she was great. She goes, I'm just going to ring my boss and I'm just going to keep ringing them and finding out what's going on because I needed the therapy. He'd been a long time since he hadn't had it and yep. I was seeing his decline yeah. already. So when you actually got but, the yeah. funding, Ben, how did you feel knowing that, you know, you were able to access those supports. I was quite relieved and I couldn't believe it. Like I rang my advocate and she's like, um, when I rang her and I told you on the Friday, I rang her and I said, oh, they've run me and told me that he's been put back on the plan. And she's like, what? I said, yeah. She's like, oh. She couldn't believe that within three days they'd got it. Mm. And, um, yeah, we are both, I was very, very happy. I was stoked. Wow. And then, that's awesome. But then, obviously, the Lady Mission Australia said, look, that's fine. I said, but you've got to understand that, you know, this is a year-by-year year plan. Yep. So you could be cut next year. And mm. I'm like, oh, okay, well, I'd like to see them try. <laughs> <laughs> them fighting words. How soon after actually being told you were successful can you start accessing the funding? Um, so they told me on the Friday, then I had the planning meeting. So then as soon as they, on their end of NDIS, pretty much push the button and say, yep, it's in the portal, off you go. Okay. So as soon as it was in the portal, basically, because that's where it comes from. Because the portal was a bit confusing. They'd actually give me extension on days, even though they hadn't put the money in yet. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically, wait to see the money that's in there. I mean, mm-hmm. if you wait for a letter, they tend to take a bit longer. But I just kept checking the portal or ringing and speaking, speaking to my um, the lady from Mission Australia, um, just yeah. speaking to her, yeah. just saying, look, you know, is it in there yet? You know, mm-hmm. and she's like, no. Nah. So then, yeah, she gave me the phone call saying that, yep, yeah, it's all good to go. So then I rang my 
um, support workers and yeah, got him back on it straight away. So, you know, well, now you've got the NDIS plan in place, how are things going? Yeah, I mean, it's good having the funding there. Obviously, you worry about the next review. Yeah. Um, but as long as I think as long as he's progressing and he's improving, like he was on a, we have level readers at school and he was on like a three Mm-hmm. Um, oh no, so he was on 10 when he started year three and now he's on level 22, I think. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he's he's progressed that well So by himself, basically. You know, he, he aims to please at school. He doesn't want to be left behind. So he, he it's good that he has that drive to make himself better and to learn. Mm-hmm. You know, he doesn't want to be different from other kids. So I guess that helps us in a way because he's always, you know. But therapy definitely helps him immensely yeah. and it sounds like it gives him the strategies he needs to be successful you know at school yeah. and at home yeah yeah well we have strategies to use at home and then he has strategies to use at school and for himself because if we try and use the therapy stuff that they use it doesn't work it tends okay. to not like using it you know so it's a combination really isn't it yeah Did it's it- just finding your balance of the of what she tells you and what we do and you know like like I think our therapist used, or if he does something wrong, you know, oh, that was unexpected, you know, yep. he he doesn't yep. like us to use that. But the therapist can use it and it can work with him. But for us, it doesn't work. He just gets annoyed. Oh, look, <laughs> personal experience, they, kids are totally different for other people and they say if they're oh. best and worst behaviour for their parents, would that be fair? Yeah, it is. He's great at school. And they say to me, you know, oh, but he's so well behaved at school. I said, yeah, because he waits till he gets home. Because I'm his safe spot. And, yeah. Yeah, you know, and he aims to please. Yeah, that's right. So you said the next step for you is will be review. You've just had your, your um, planning meeting and you've had your plan approved. You're, you know, sourcing those support workers and the therapies that you need. Mm. Um, so you, you've got the review meeting. How will you know um, when there are reviews coming up and what you need to do? So they give you an end date. So I think it was whatever it started is your end date, basically. So that NDIS is supposed to contact you and book in an appointment for a review for you to bring. Mm-hmm. And generally, like all my therapists will have a um, like an end of year review. And, yes. you know, they write everything yes. down and they pass it on to, to NDIS. Um, but I think I might be applying a bit earlier, which you can. If you've run mm-hmm. out of funding, you can apply early. So, yep. yeah, I just wait for my appointment with them and, um, fingers crossed, I um, I get my, f- my funding again. I still have my five-year-old that I will still have to advocate for in May, I think it is. His plan runs out. So, I don't – I mean, he's turning six, so it will be yeah, an iffy situation. Yeah. yeah, so my youngest one has just DLD. I mean, he was born prem, so he was on the early intervention. Is it the early intervention? Is that what you're saying? The, yeah. yeah, the early intervention. Um, yeah, so he's, yeah. yeah. So I can't remember if that finishes at six or seven because my oldest one, it got stretched out. He yeah. basically got taken off him when he was nearly eight. So with my youngest one, it will be very interesting to see how this planning meeting goes. Mm-hmm. I found the last planning lady wasn't that great, so... We'll see how we go, but I'm going to try and have as much information as I can. I'm going to have a diagnosis sheet. I'm going to have my speech there. Um, that's another thing that I'm not too sure if um, anyone else knows is you can have one of your speech, like your therapist there. You can have a speech, OT, wh- whatever you want to do. You can have 
your mum, your dad, whatever, your husband. That's great advice, boyfriend. yeah. Yeah, you can have anyone there that you choose. Don't feel like you have to go on your own because sometimes when it is daunting if you haven't done it before and they're all looking at you and, um, I mean, I was told, you know, by the physio when I had my first NDIS to go in there and make it like your worst day ever and explain it to mm. them like your worst day yeah. ever with that kid. And it may break your heart but it will get you over the line, which is, I it mean, is I guess you've got to let them know. Yeah, I think you just have to let them know that, you know, look, it's not that great, you know. Mm. It's horrible that my child is struggling and I have to stand here and tell them how bad they are to get what they need. But, yeah, yeah, so I'm going to have to do that with the youngest one, I think, because that's all he has is DLD. And it it is horrible. I I don't know why I have to go in there and really fight for a DLD. It should just be... Mm. Everyone should understand that it's, you know, a disorder and, you know, it's horrible, especially, you know, the poor kids sitting in school and the teachers are teaching them and they just can't register it or they can't say what's in their mind, you know. Couldn't agree more. We're working on it, aren't we? There's, I don't know if you've been on the pages before, but there's, in England, there's an English DLD page as well. And they're, they seem to be a bit further than us with being yep. recognised, yep. which is good. Yeah. Um, I think Australia just has to get there. I mean, I published DLD last year for a DLD day and you'd be amazed how many people saw it on my page on Facebook, mm-hmm. which, you know, social media for you, but it helps, you know. Everybody knows now and it's getting better and better and it's great. Yeah, absolutely. I definitely feel like with having the last few DLD awareness days, we're starting to see an upswing in followers yeah, and interest yeah. and people engaging it's really positive I feel like we're at the cusp of something really amazing over the next few years so yeah me too just to even know I mean it must be horrible having DLD and have to go to school and you know I can't read or write I'm behind because you know not because mm. it's my fault so no absolutely yeah. absolutely so is there anything else that you'd like to share with other families when they're applying for the NDIS Probably, you know, just be strong, I think is probably the word. I'm very persistent. I'm a very persistent person and I'm very stubborn. Once I get stuck on something, oh, God, you know, um, make the phone calls, you know, um, be persistent. If you haven't heard back from somebody, ring them back, you know. um, They may think you're annoying. I personally didn't care because I was doing this for my children and I was advocating for my kids. Yeah. And, you know, have fun trying to stop me. It's <laughs> um, mama bears yeah, are forced to and, be reckoned with. Oh, they are. But I should say daddy bears are as well, you know. <laughs> yeah, we can be very you know, protective too. Oh, yeah, you know, my husband's the same, you know. And, I mean, he finds it hard to understand. But, you know, that's, you know, we make a great team, you know. And yeah. I think just make sure that you've got heaps of, information 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 heaps of documentation doctor's notes i mean if you have someone like a regular person that babysits your kids even you know it's a personal Mm. impact statement you know just have everything all the documentation pediatricians you know if you haven't been to a pediatrician go i mean i know they're hard to get into but you know get them to write a letter i mean i have a great pediatrician that's worked with ndis before and Mm -hmm. he knows how to word letters in your opinion, what do you hope to see in the future for DLD in Australia and around the world? Yeah, well, as I was saying before, I really, really hope that it starts getting more recognised and, mm. and the NDIS put it on their um, on their list, I should say. I don't, know, I don't know what you call it, but 
put yeah. it on their list, you know. Yeah, of recognised conditions. I mean, yeah. I'm actually surprised how many kids have DLD and um, it's definitely not, needs to be recognised a bit more and needs to be, you know, put on the plan because, you know, they get older and you can't get funding. You yeah. know, you can't pay for it and, you know, it struggles, you know. Yeah. But, and yeah. we want them to be independent and contributors to society if we exactly. can give them the you support know, now. Yeah, exactly. I don't want my boys living. I mean, my dad was a single parent and he raised three children on his own. Wow. And, you know, he said to us, you know, you, you go off and you make your money, you know, and that's it, you know, you don't cry over spilled milk. What's it going to do? Who's going to help you? No one. So up you go, yeah. off you go, you know. So I try not to be too harsh on my kids, but, yeah, as I said, I don't want them relying on the government when they're older. And that's the whole point. And that's what I said to my planning meeting is every time, you know, I get the funding now, it's done, it gets him sorted, and by the time he gets to high school, he can function on his own, he can get a job, and he doesn't have to depend on the department or the government and, you know, yeah. saving them money yeah. in the end. At <laughs> the end of the day, exactly, exactly. Yeah, you know, I mean, if he becomes a mechanic, it's fine. That's wonderful. So my last question is often um, my favourite, but also sometimes the most difficult. So um, yeah. at the DLD project, we were really focused on self-care and finding time to breathe. As a busy working mum, what do you do to look after yourself? Well, I haven't done a lot of that lately, but um, mm. I actually go get my nails done. I mean, it's hard for us. We don't have anyone to watch our children for us. So generally mm-hmm. night time is I like to sit down and watch Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, you know. <laughs> All the <laughs> good drama. Yeah. Drama in my life. But yeah, it is hard. And I when you speak to even mums with kids that don't have DLD, they're just like, I don't have time for that. And it's like, but yeah. you do have to make time, unfortunately. Like I know it sounds, you know, like I go and get my nails done and for some reason I just it just relaxes Helps me. And, relax. That's me and cooking. Yeah, I mean, I think because it looks like it's we're in Bali because you know all that bling and all that stuff that's around and I'm like hey, I'm in Bali now but yeah, yeah. It, it is hard as a parent to find something but I mean it took me ages and yeah I'm spending money that I don't want to spend but I just think no I need time out and because then you can focus a bit more and not yell as much we all have those moments believe me I often am surprised by the fact that I've got many degrees and a lot of experience with children and I still find myself bellowing to get through to them sometimes so I know well that's why we got his grommets done because you thought he was deaf but he just couldn't couldn't process the words and couldn't tell us and yeah Yeah. look it sounds like you've done a tremendous job so thank you so much for joining us on the talking DLD podcast Thank you, Nadia, for sharing your experiences with us today. It's so great to hear from a parent, of course, who has been able to successfully access the NDIS for their child with DLD. Let's keep it up. Let's see more families funded in 2021. If you're currently working through the NDIS application process, we highly recommend listening to episode three of the Talking DLD podcast. Um, That's where we chat with Erin West from Speak Pathology Australia and also read our blog where we've got the NDIS guide for families. The DLD Project wishes you and your family a safe and happy festive season and we look forward to bringing you more great episodes of the Talking DLD Podcast in 2021.